Tuesday. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening for the Worldwide Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship. Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, our first event of the evening is a one-ball match with a 15-minute time limit. There ain't nobody. There ain't nobody in wrestling who can make me quit. And that's the bottom line. Cause Stone Cold said so. Tuesday. We are what wrestling's all about. New York City here. Chicago here. Jamie on my left. Linda on my right. But I'm not telling any of the girls who I'm going to give it to in Chicago until that night. Tuesday, wrestling. Tuesday returns to Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. This is Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. We meet Jonathan Hood right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So glad to have you with us. Follow me on Twitter at wrestling twt also on the youtube page youtube.com look for tuesday wrestling tuesday look for our episodes and special conversations on youtube.com tuesday wrestling tuesday and don't forget instagram as well instagram.com wrestling twt usually on 9 30 central time on espn 1000 but because of our shift change this week we're on at 8 30 so we are glad that you're with us for a little pro wrestling slash sports entertainment conversation so the news broke over this weekend is, and we heard about Chicago's own CM Punk. So CM Punk is going to appear at StarCast. Of course, StarCast is the big wrestling convention that will take place on Saturday, August 31st. And uh, it's going to be big because that coincides with AEW's big show that's going to take place at the Sears Center in Hoffman Estates. So CM Punk is going to make an appearance, the headliner at StarCast, which is headed up by Conrad Thompson. Again, Saturday, August 31st, you can go to StarCast.com uh, to find out more information about how you can get tickets and uh, to be a part of that event because it's more than just CM Punk. There's going to be so many different wrestlers and uh, wrestling dignitaries, past and present, that will be there. But um, it is news. It is noteworthy that CM Punk will be out there for everyone to see and hear what he has to say. I've heard CM Punk over the last few years have interviews and tried to kind of push aside professional wrestling and said, you know, I really don't need to do this anymore. We saw him in the octagon and UFC had a couple of fights there and boy, he had, he had balls to be able to go in there and fight hats off to him because he wanted to do something different, something new. He's been other things that he's been interested in as well that I've seen as far as being a writer and trying to get away from professional wrestling. But I think that there is a direct parallel for a lot of wrestling fans that if CM Punk feels the love from us here in Chicago at StarCast, that that's going to make him come back to wrestling, whether it's the WWE, you know, knock on wood on that, I guess, if you're a WWE fan, AEW or Japan or Independence, wherever. Many people want to see CM Punk back in the ring. I will tell you this, is that with CM Punk away from professional wrestling, it doesn't necessarily mean that professional wrestling is lacking something, that wrestling is missing something, because without Punk on the scene, wrestling has been fine. CM Punk is, is one person that captures a lot of wrestling fans' imagination, say, what if he was in the ring? 
You hear CM Punk chants a lot throughout a lot of arenas around this country because it's the catchy thing to say, CM Punk, CM Punk. I think that there's many wrestling fans that didn't even appreciate CM Punk until that pipe bomb that he put out there in June of 2011 on Raw because it felt real. It felt like he was anti-establishment. It felt like he was against the WWE when more than likely CM Punk and Vince McMahon were in on it, but yet it just felt different. And that's what's missing really in professional wrestling. When you have podcasters like Jim Cornette, who is one of the all-time greats as far as a manager is concerned in the business, when he has the most heat that's going right now, if he's the hottest heel, where you have a lot of younger wrestling fans that are saying, you know, screw this guy, he's an old guy, he doesn't understand wrestling in 2019, he doesn't understand Joey Janela, he doesn't understand Austin Aries, he doesn't understand wrestling in 2019, well, you know, Jim say a lot of that stuff for effect, but also he's saying those things because he believes it. And so now he's, if he's the most real thing and the most real thing is not in the ring that you see on a nightly basis, that's a problem. It's a major problem for wrestling because what you want in wrestling is emotion. You want people to be able to watch wrestling and say, I don't like that guy. I like that guy. But when the lines get blurred in wrestling where, oh yeah, that guy is a jerk and I really like him, so I'm going to cheer him because, you know, I want to be anti-establishment. I want to be like him. Now the lines got blurred. And so now some of the modern-day wrestlers are like, well, I don't have to, have to be a babyface or a heel. I don't have to be a good guy or a bad guy. It doesn't matter because the fans, they don't care either. So why should I care? Why should I work hard at being one character, a bad guy or a good guy? Because it really doesn't matter, right? Shades of Grey. Shades of Grey killed the wrestling business. Shades of Grey kill the wrestling business. When it's right, when pro wrestling is right, there's an emotional attachment negatively or positively when it comes to wrestling. Uh, wrestling is no different than life in a lot of ways. If there's someone that you kind of, that you know that you don't like, you just won't like them because of their persona. And there is no Shades of Grey like, I hate that guy, but I love when he does this. There is no Shades of Grey. Oh, I really, really like that guy. You know, I don't dislike anything that he does. So maybe he's just a great guy. Maybe he's a great, great woman. Maybe she's a great woman. Maybe she's, I mean, those are the things that you look at. You just look at people for what they are. Are they good people? Or are they bad people? It's the same thing as life. And wrestling, when it became blurred, where it's like, oh, he's a badass, so I'm going to cheer him. Well, that's now the fan at home is like, well, who am I supposed to root for? No different than watching sports. When you're watching sports, there's a team that you don't like because they're against your favorite team. So you're going to have that emotional investment to boo that other team, boo that great player. You don't cheer the, the player that's beating your brains out. You know, if you're a baseball fan and you have someone that's hitting four home runs a game, you're going to cheer that guy when he goes to the outfield? No, you're going to boo that guy. So that's why wrestling is just weird that way. So CM Punk returning to wrestling, at least for a star cast, is interesting. Uh, he knows that people love him. He knows that many people want to see him back in the ring. But when, if he does come back to the ring, doesn't matter where it is, it'll be an attraction. It will be interesting. But I just don't think that it's something that's long-lasting where that's going to just really turn the wrestling world on its ear. I just think it's it'll be good, but not necessarily something that's going to be just earth-shattering. At least not from my standpoint. I, you know what? CM Punk may feel the same way. We'll see. Uh, the Raw reunion uh, took place yesterday 
on Raw on the USA Network here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So it took place in Tampa, Florida, and the ratings are out, and it was a success. Hour one of Raw was a three. Hour two was a 3.1. Hour three was a 3.083. So everything was up. Everything was up either 2.3 million or 2.5 million viewers from last week. And the reason why it was up is because all of the quote-unquote legends of the WWE was there. From Hulk Hogan to Kevin Nash to Triple H with the rest of DX. Uh, X-Pac was there. Um, so there was a, a Booker T was there. Mark Henry was there. Uh, there was a lot of legends from the past that were there. And people wonder, hmm, why were the numbers up? Why was there an increase of 26% of viewership? Because those veterans from the past resonate with wrestling fans. Because those guys seem like they didn't have a script in front of them. What they did is they just were able to speak their mind. Here are the bullet points. you got to get this pay-per-view over. Now just say it in your own words. You don't see any of that in 2019. Stone Cold Steve Austin, as I was done with work last night on uh, Monday night, I turn on the television, I see Steve Austin, the last segment of the Raw reunion. And he had like, I don't know, felt like seven to, to ten minutes to say what he wanted to say, bringing some of the legends into the ring, drinking beer, looking right to the camera, and you believed what he had to say because if you listen to his podcast, he, he's a guy that just speaks from his heart. And he is the biggest attraction that wrestling's ever seen, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and it wasn't even for 10 years. It was just for a blink of an eye where he was just setting the world on fire from a professional wrestling standpoint. And he looked into the camera and just talked about how much he enjoys being around the, the crew from the past and talk about the camera people and talk about the people that work behind the scenes. And I guess it was a special Raw reunion because there was no McMahons involved. There was no Vince McMahon being, you know, getting the stunner. There was no Shane McMahon being knocked down. It was just about the wrestlers from the past with this Raw reunion. Yeah, yeah, the numbers were up. The numbers were up because people looked at those characters that from 20 years ago and or 30 years ago, in Hogan's case, and say, wow, you know what, these guys really popped off the page. Something about wrestling, and I know, again, for new school wrestling fans, maybe you don't see this like I see it because I've been watching this for a long time, but what is really a major attraction for wrestling is the interviews. We used to do, like last year, we used to do like uh, the wrestling promo of the day, and we had all these different promos from across the country and around the world, and we'd play one of them every single night. And the reason why is because those promos, even though you know what wrestling is with a wink and a nod, it's just that the promos are the things that got you to the television. The promos, the interviews are the things that got you to be able to watch the product week after week to pay money to go to the arena and see those wrestlers. And now, especially in the WWE, watch an interview now. Watch it on SmackDown. Watch it on your favorite WWE TV show. More times than not now, even though things are starting to change a little bit, more times than not, the, the, if there's an interview taking place, the wrestler's looking up at the ceiling. He's looking at his shoes. She's looking over to the side. She's looking over to at the interviewer. You can't believe someone that's not looking at you in your face. 
So if you're trying to sell a product, you're trying to sell your persona, and you're not looking at me at home through the camera lens, then how am I supposed to believe you? But the WWE way is, I'm going to look up here because I'm a thespian, and I'm going to tell you that you're a jackass because we've been using jackass for 25 years on WWE TV, and I'm going to look over here to the right, and, and the camera's not there, so I can't look at the camera. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. So the interview is the thing that the promo is the thing that got me into the business and watching the business. And so, uh, you know, the reason why that people were watching is because they saw characters that were believable in professional wrestling. And you're not getting that in 2019. So, so there you go. So Raw Reunion was a success. And um, a couple other things before we hear from our guest. I see that... Um, from a number of reports that I've read that Fox Fox network, which will be carrying SmackDown this fall is a little bit concerned about some of the ratings that they have seen from the WWE. Very concerned actually, because even though I told you that the raw reunion from Monday night was in the threes, that's few and far in between because usually the raw is somewhere between, you know, the low twos in with raw and SmackDown. So there's a lot of money that's being doled out, a lot of money that is being paid from by the USA Network and now Fox for WWE programming. If it sucks, if it's bad, that's not a good thing. I will tell you something that I was going to tell you a couple of weeks ago, and that is this. There's a reason why Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff are in place as the, I don't know, they're general managers or executive producers or whatever it is, but they seem to be presiding over these shows, Raw and SmackDown, respectively. If this does not go well, if the ratings don't start getting better, if you're not seeing something new and more viewers are coming to the television or to their device to watch Raw and SmackDown, Vince McMahon has an out. And that is to say, well, if you've got a problem with the product, look at... Uh, Eric Bischoff and look at Paul Heyman. I have uh, on good authority from several people that Vince McMahon is, is really not happy with the product. Of course, this is from his own doing because he is the boss of all of this. Um, but as, uh, as I read here from someone who sent me this, that Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman could be scapegoats and, and so the shareholders can say, well, maybe the old man has lost it. Maybe we need to be able to hand over the company to Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. The shareholders could force Vince out if the ratings start going in the wrong direction. And, of course, if you look at the stocks, which I am someone that watches the stocks with WWE very closely, that's going down also. Don't be surprised if the shareholders, if it keeps going in the wrong direction, look at Vince McMahon and and say, you know what, maybe Triple H has a better vision because of how he's doing NXT and NXT UK. Maybe Stephanie McMahon, maybe she has more of a hold of exactly where the business should be for the future. Do not be surprised. I'm going to call my shot here based on call, talking to some people within the organization and people that have been with the organization. I'll call my shot on that, that Vince has uh, been behind the times for a while. Do not be surprised if there's a change somewhere down the line if ratings don't get better. Shareholders, they like their money. They don't like to be um, feeling like they're losing money on a product that isn't getting any better and a product that is stagnant at times. Uh, let's keep our eyes on that story. 
in particular. Joined now by Dave LaGreca, my friend from Busted Open, 8 to 11 Central Time on SiriusXM Fight Nation. You can hear Busted Open, a great show, Monday through Friday. I, you know, I take Busted Open like a penny stock. I was there at the beginning when it was just a, a day, then a few days, and now it's five days a week for you, the wrestling fan, on SiriusXM and Dave LaGreca, friend of the program with us on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood here in Chicago. Hello, Dave. What's up, Jonathan? How are you, man? I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm back on. The last time I was on, it was just for the one question, and uh, and then I was out. And then, so I'm glad to be able to sit down with you for a little longer. <laughs> I'm just glad you gave us the time. That's all. <laughs> you see, you see, people. It only takes 30 seconds for him to bust the balls. I mean, it only takes 30. It's just, I mean, right there, right there. Uh, you know, I, I was talking before you were on about Raw reunion. And and watching Raw Reunion, Dave, it was just, you know, I saw the numbers, the ratings came out just as we are had this conversation. Of course the numbers are up. Of course everything was over $3 million because the characters were believable. The best segment to me is Stone Cold Steve Austin just vamping for 10 minutes, looking at you right in the, right in the eye. Isn't this what we saw from the, the past, the great superstars versus now? Isn't that the reason why the numbers are up? Because those characters are believable? Yeah, I mean, 100%. You know, it's going to be uh, telling to see if they can hold these numbers the next week. You know, did they do enough for people who may have tuned out of wrestling to tune in? Are they going to stick and stay now by seeing these emerging superstars? And I think there was examples where they might, and I think there's examples where they probably will tune out just after last night. It's just it's um it's just really a shame because it, here's a, a big difference I was saying earlier you know you saw Stone Cold Steve Austin look right in the camera well the WWE superstars to look in the ceiling got to look at their shoes got to look to the side how, how can we buy in as wrestling fans if you're not looking me right in the eye in the camera telling me how you feel it's getting a little better now but there was a time where you just couldn't do it at all if you're a wrestler yeah I, it's 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 the tell-all that we, we talk about on Busted Open all the time with promos, scripted promos. If somebody is speaking off of a written page and not speaking from the heart and speaking from true emotion, then how are you supposed to buy in? Stone Cold in that ring, I'm sure there was not one word that was scripted. He was even saying that before he came out, he was talking to Jonathan Coachman, and he said he was nervous. What am I going to do? And Coach was like, be you. So he went out there, and he was Stone Cold Steve Austin. And he had you captivated, like you said. It was the, the best statement by far of anything we saw last night. And it was because we actually heard true passion and, and emotion. And you don't hear that from the current crop of superstars. And I think the telling thing for me was Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins was obviously given the ball last night because he was on two segments. And he completely fumbled that ball because I didn't believe one word that he was saying last night. It's a, it's a shame because you got an opportunity to do something and you're just used to relying on that script and kind of vamping. He just, he couldn't do it, Dave, because this is what he's used to. I mean, it's, it's really disappointing. Um, do you see a difference in WWE programming now that, that Bruce Pritchard and Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman are, are kind of more in charge? Is there a distinct difference that you've seen? I mean, I think there's a little difference, but I don't think it's anything that's drastic. Now, you know, Pritchard's been there for a little while now, but Bischoff hasn't even officially started. Tonight will be really like the first SmackDown that we're actually going to see 
maybe some of his fingerprints. And with Paul Heyman, he's been there for a couple of weeks. And I see a little bit of a difference, but let's not forget, everything still has to pass through Vince McMahon. So at the end of the day, he's still the boss. He's still the one that's going to make the final decision. And again, like, is there a change? Yes, but it, I think it's slight. Um, this whole thing with Samoa Joe is a problem for me, Dave, because here's a guy here that we saw at TNA was just a monster. Some great matches with Kurt Angle, some great matches with Sting. He comes to the WWE, and we know what he can do. The whole world knows what he can do, and he just continues to get the short shrift. I know that everybody can't get over. I understand that. It's wrestling. But you can't tell me that that guy can't be a champion that should be in the title pitcher with uh, with Kofi Kingston and with Brock Lesnar on a regular basis because I think he deserves better. What, what do you see from his career right now? Um, I, I'm with you. Like, like you just said, not everyone could be on top. We understand that. But at the same time, this guy's a champion. This is somebody that you can write a whole show around. I mean, he's everything that solidifies, to me, pro wrestling. Now, this is maybe a question that I might have to ask Bully on Busted Open because, obviously, Bully was a part of Impact Wrestling. The same thing happened at Impact. Like, he started off hot. He was in a feud with Kurt Angle. And then really for the rest of his career there, he was probably like in the same position that he is now in the WWE. I think the only place that he really got a chance to really shine was a brief time in Ring of Honor and then with NXT. But other than that, he's kind of been in this neutral position. And like like you, and I know this is why you're bringing up, like it almost feels like on Raw last night that was the final straw. It's yeah. like here's an opportunity to showcase this guy in front of a, a new audience or maybe an audience that's tuned out and they have them lose again. I, I don't get it because, to me, Samoa Joe has all the tools on the microphone and in the ring. I, I, you know, I, I saw the, the, the piece from Variety where it's entitled Vince McMahon is out of excuses for the WWE woes. You know what I think, Dave? I just think that when we, think, when we see Raw Reunion and see all those stars – from Triple H to Stone Cold Steve Austin to so many others that are on that stage, you know, at the end of the at the end of the night, The Rock not there, but The Rock's part of that mix as well. I just think that Vince looks at his current crop of superstars and says, "I'm, I'm just not going to let those guys be mega stars outside of what I do in the WWE." Like, will Seth Rollins ever reach where? You know, that where Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Rock is. I mean, he can win as many championships as possible. Same thing with Brock Lesnar. He just won't let those guys be able to be great. And same thing with Samoa, with um, with uh, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is a, is a star. I, listen, I have, I've been, have been up and down just like you with Roman Reigns. But the point is, though, is that I just don't think he wants them to... He doesn't want another Cena. He doesn't want another Austin. And that's a shame because... Even if it's for five years, give us something that we can look at and say, that guy's a star, he's a must-watch. Who's a must-watch anymore in that company? That you that you got to see what he's going to say. And that's, that's the thing that's really uh, disappointing. I think that he puts a governor on the company because he saw his other guys leave and, and be successful away from the company. Yeah, I, um, it, it's, it, you're, you are so right. I mean, Jonathan, I mean, it seems like you have a ceiling and you can't go through that ceiling. I, I remember when the New Jersey Devils were winning Stanley Cups in, in the 90s because obviously I'm a Jersey guy. Yeah. Like, 
you know, they were the best team in the NHL. They were the best team in hockey. They were a dynasty. All they did was win Stanley Cups. And outside of Martin Brodeur, you couldn't name one other player that was on that team because Lou Lamorello made sure that, hey, you know what? This is all about hockey. I don't want you doing anything outside. And none of those guys were mainstream names. And, you know, miles away from New York City, they could have been superstars. It's the same thing here in the WWE. It's always funny to me how they're not pro wrestlers. They're superstars. But there are no superstars on the roster. <laughs> they're just pro. Like, it's, it's amazing to me. Can't, talk, can't call them pro wrestlers. They're superstars. But none of those pro wrestlers on the roster are superstars because he won't let them be. You're right. Roman Reigns can be a superstar. Seth Rollins could be a superstar. Becky Lynch could be a superstar. Think about Becky Lynch after that punch to the face from Nia Jackson. She's bleeding from the face. And, and that iconic image of her on top of those stairs looking down. Like Right after that, when everybody was talking about it and there was buzz, it just seems like there was a decline in the creativity around her. Jonathan, I think you, you hit the nail right on the head. I think you have a ceiling in that company. And it's almost like he's saying, hey, I don't want another Rock. I don't want a Cena because they're just going to leave. I, I want to make sure that I'll give them success, but not too much success, that they understand where their bread is buttered, and that's the WWE. I think Bully has, has said something similar. Has he not on the shows? I think that he's – maybe he hasn't said it the way I just said it, but he said it like the last run for Team 3D – it was kind of like a ceiling for them too. Like they couldn't, they couldn't do anything outside of that gimmick. Because I know that Bully, Bully Ray should have been Bully Ray in the WWE. I mean, maybe that wasn't PG enough for them, but that I think mm -hmm. that they want to do something different, and I don't think that Vince allowed them to do that because there's a there was a ceiling on on them too at the end, was it not? Yeah, because he even said from the outside looking in, hey, you know, what's wrong with these guys? What's wrong with these ladies? Why aren't they knocking down that door of opportunity? Why aren't they seizing the moment? Why aren't they taking themselves to the next plateau? And then he realized when he was working back in the WWE that, you know what, they're not given the opportunities that they had back 15 years ago. So it, it, now could those things change? I, I think they have to. Like, there's competition now, Jonathan. You see it, like, in your own backyard, you know, with, with all in and now all out, you know, being sold out. We, when we, you and I first started talking together, when you first started having me on your show, which was just a few years ago, like, there was no competition for the WWE. You know, you would see wrestling shows draw a couple thousand, and that's it. You don't have a company in AEW that's going to be on TNT, and it seems like every time they have a major show, they sell it out. They're the new kids. They're the, they're, they're the shiny new toy in the toy box, and they have that demographic of 18 to 35-year-olds that seems to completely ignore the WWE. WWE has got to change some things, Jonathan, or they're going to find themselves lost in the dust. I busted open 8 to 11 Central. Uh, Monday through Friday, every morning on Series XM Fight Nation, Dave LaGreca with me, Jonathan Hood on Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday, right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Uh, so get out to your, your, your marker here. I want you to give me a letter grade. So out of all the events that you've seen from AEW, all of them, what's your letter grade for their their shows? Because you could, you could put it all together. What would be the letter grade? And, and this is including Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fall, which weren't really major pay-per-views, but they were televised, I guess, house shows. I, I would give AEW right now a, a solid B. 
mm-hmm. across the board. I think that's I think that's fair because here's what I don't know. It, it, you can't. It's nothing to rip. It's just I'm very curious. I just want to know, Dave, when when it all starts, when the bell rings on Turner. And by the way, it is a huge undertaking starting off with a two-hour show. That's a two-hour show on Turner, right? Yes. Oh, it's going to be two a, hours live every week. That's a lot, man. That is, that's, that is a lot. I can understand an hour, but two hours out of the box, they're really going for it. Okay, great. I just need to know what that is for two hours. I mean, I know it's going to be a lot of storytelling because I think that their their production pa- packages are very good. I think they do that very, very well. That's on par with the WWE in that regard. I just want to know what the wrestling is. Is it similar to what we're going to see? Is it Nelson Royal against Denny Brown in the first match? What do what, what we, what, what, what we, because seriously, because if, if it's anything like some of the early, you know, the, um, upper card matches that we see, you know, that's, I don't know how that's going to, you know, how that's going to grab the audience because, uh, you want to get out of the box strong and you want to show that you are a better wrestling company than the WWE, not just a better company, a better wrestling company. So I'm wondering what, what are your, your question marks about AEW when they start here? Well, my, my, probably my biggest question is, do they have a large enough roster to be able to put out two hours of TV every week. Obviously, they're very, very top-heavy, and they have some amazing superstars with Cody and the Bucks and Chris Jericho and and uh, John Moxley. But do they have enough of a mid-card and undercard to really put captivating TV each week, you know, on TNT? I don't know. That's that's a major question mark. Now, I, I agree with you. They have really good production. The storylines that they've created without TV, I think, have been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but how are they going to do that for two hours each week? And does that mean longer wrestling matches? Does, it, does that you know mean longer talking segments? Or are they going to have a lot of pre-taped packages? I mean, I, I don't think we're going to know those answers until until it actually starts in October. But that's probably my biggest question. Do they have a deep enough roster? We know that WWE does because there's half the roster we don't even see on a weekly basis. I, I don't know if AEW right now has that roster. It's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be um, – it's a head-scratcher because it, the two hours is a head-scratcher, and then where are you going? Got a studio built in Jacksonville. Going to be a Daily's place every week. <laughs> Seriously, like I, because that's a, a listen. When TNA went and you and, and bullies talked about this as well. When TNA decided to take on WWE on Monday nights and they traveled across the country, you saw some of those houses dark and empty. They were in Salt Lake for a for a show when they were trying to go head to head with Raw and was like, man, this is not your territory. You, you and I both know as territory guys, you know you got to start in a territory. If floor is your territory, you got to start there and just build. But they, you know they're going to Chicago, they're going this place, that place. It's just a, a lot really fast, and I just hope that they're successful and have a real plan and a good plan because wrestling needs it, right? Yeah, and 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 it's almost the case too. Like I understand, like you want to give it time, you want to plan, but at the same time, you want to strike while the iron's hot and. Look at you can only almost feel like the tide's turning a little bit. Like, you know, a couple of months ago, wrestling wasn't you know was as hot as it's been in decades. But look where we are right now. Raw and SmackDown have really low numbers. Their their attendance is 
is terrible at live events. Their merchandise sales are down. So now is the perfect time for them to strike because you never know when the tide's going to turn again. So it, it's, I, I think the timing's perfect. And, you know, the WWE is going to – I'm sure they got, you know, ace up their sleeve. They're going to have counter-programming. I just hope it's not too late for them because right now there's a really bad taste in a lot of people's mouths when it comes to the WWE, especially since WrestleMania 35. And, by the way, at WrestleMania 35, they gave the fans exactly what they wanted. They want they wanted Kofi to be the champion. Kofi's the champion. They wanted Becky Lynch to win the two titles. Becky Lynch – won the two titles, but things have changed since April. It's it's a drastic change since WrestleMania. They also wanted 12,000 people stranded, but that's another story. Oh, my um, gosh. That, that <laughs> is uh, terrible what happened in New Jersey. That's the last thing. You can't give New Jersey nice things. That's the problem. So you we agree don't deserve with, it. So you agree with me. You're, you're, you're all for AEW going with, the, with Royal uh, Nelson Royal at the top of the card with Denny Brown. That's what, that's yes. how you want him to start, right? Yes. Milkman, Milliman, uh, Milliman yeah, <laughs> bring them all out. Frankie DeFalco, <laughs> bring them all, bring them all out. Come on. I want to see them all. <laughs> you want a nice scrappy match to start off the show. <laughs> and speaking the... of, yeah. And, and where's Scrappy McGowan? <laughs> the greatest referee of all time. Get him, find where he is. Get him in the ring too. You'd be, out loud. you'd be so happy with a, a pure wrestling match to start off off the AEW era. You'd love that. You, I mean, hey, you if you want to start jumpstart your company, I mean, always get Rufus R. You got to get Rufus R. There, get him moving around, a little Rufus R. Jones action. I mean, this is what Dory Funk did for Mid Atlantic. I think that's what you do. You just get yourself some 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 stars there from other companies and and go for it. That's how you do it. Yeah, I mean, fans love like a nice like. 11, 12-minute headlock in the middle of the ring <laughs> just to get the juices flowing, you know? Or, you know, a nice little eight-minute arm bar. <laughs> That's what you want. That's how you start the company. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I'll ask you this last thing. I'm, I'm interested in finding your thoughts about um, about CM Punk because we see he's going to be at StarCast. He's, mm-hmm. he's tried to. He's been in hiding here in Chicago. You can't find him. I mean, sometimes he'll pop up at a Blackhawks game, but but he's been in hiding. He hasn't been around. So, have we missed as a you and I as wrestling fans? Have we really missed CM Punk? The, I think wrestling has been fine without him. He can only enhance what's going on now around the country. But have you missed CM Punk in the ring? Um, I, I can't say I've missed CM Punk in the ring. Would I like to see him back? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, it's almost like a love-hate relationship with CM Punk, and I think CM Punk has a love-hate relationship with pro wrestling. So if you're not 100% committed, you probably don't want to make that commitment. Because does he love it anymore? I, I don't know. I, it might be a case of Mark Henry says this all the time. CM Punk loved pro wrestling, but pro wrestling didn't love him back. Now, maybe that's just the WWE, but that's the company he worked for. And you know this, Jonathan. Radio can be like that, too. You love radio. It's your life. It's your career. But it doesn't always love you back. And sometimes enough is enough. And if he finds happiness outside of that, and then, you know, maybe it's time for the fans to just move on. Hey, this is your chance to meet him. This is your chance to say thank you. I loved your matches back in 2011, but 
you know, he's 40 years old now. So, you know, after being out of the ring for over five years, is he ready to make that kind of physical commitment to get back into the ring again? Uh, busted open for the first time going international, right? You got to tell people about Toronto. Yes, we are going to be in Toronto August 11th from 3 to 5 Eastern time at the Rec Center in Toronto, which is like five-minute walk from where SummerSlam is going to be. Myself and Mark Henry, some great special guests. And, you know, I hope anybody that's, you know, going out to Toronto for SummerSlam stops and says hello to Mark and I for our party. It's free. We, our Busted Open parties are always free to the Busted Open Nation. So come by and hang out. It's going to be a two-hour show with great guests. And, and not only for your, for your listeners that may not have SiriusXM, you can now listen to Busted Open on Pandora and on Apple iTunes every day. That's right. You get the, like the best of. It's a, see, I like the three-hour version, but I, but I do like that you can get at least a bite size of Busted Open if you're part of the expression. Yeah, however, however they can pit me out without giving me money. That's, they, they love doing that, you know. <laughs> you know, it's, let's make LaGreca available everywhere. Oh, yeah, let me look at my page. Oh, it's the same. How, how does that work? But, you know, I love what I do, Jonathan. So. Yeah, I know you do. I know you do. And that, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the is the radio business. There you are, everybody. That's, there it is. Dave just laid it out for you. <laughs> and, <laughs> you, you, hear the, you hear the stories of Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, you wrestle for 30 minutes for a hot dog and a handshake. Radio's kind of the same thing, except maybe you get a little relish on that hot dog. That's about it. Maybe a little bit, yes. And that, ladies and gentlemen, he just laid out for you a, a, the radio business right there. Just a little, a little relish and a handshake. <laughs> God, that's unbelievable. That's the business. Well, Dave, I'm glad you spent some time. I'm glad we were able to, to kind of talk through some things because I think that the business is in a good spot. It's not quite territory level just as of yet, but but there's a lot of places for the men and women to to be able to work, and I, I just think it's it's great. I, I texted you about MLW. I was there live the last three shows, sold out every time. So the so there's a lot of um, a lot of companies are doing well, Dave, and that's that's good for the business. Yeah, and uh, I think this is the closest we're ever going to get to that era, Jonathan. Like you know, this is this is you know probably the closest it's been in 30 years to that to that heyday of the territory era. And you mentioned. You know, the territories, we always talk about, you know, world-class and Mid-South. Uh, the Von Eric sons are going to be on our show tomorrow in studio. I'm looking forward to that, to talk to Kevin's sons, who, who are wrestling for MLW. You mentioned MLW and their sellouts. Uh, really looking forward to talking to them tomorrow. At one point, I want you to close your eyes and listen. I think either one or both of them sound like Kevin. It's it's kind of it's kind of scary. It, it really is. They both have that kind of just like I go. I'm gonna oh gosh. I'm gonna think about what I'm gonna say before I say it. He's he, they're, they're, you can you can you can hear the Kevin Von Eric in those kids. It's it's really interesting. It really is. Yeah, and I, and you mentioned MLW, and you got to give them a little bit of a shout because I think they're doing some great things. Court Bauer is is really like as close to a genius as there is in the wrestling business right now, and they they, they that's a wonderful company right now. Absolutely. Well, Dave, thanks so much for coming on the show, and uh, let, let's do it again soon, please. Well, I mean, that's up to you. I mean, I'm always here. I mean, my, my cell phone's always in my pocket, so I know you got a lot of NBA to talk about and baseball and everything, you know, college sports. You know, you're on top of everything. So, but whenever you want to talk pro wrestling, I'm always here for you, Jonathan. I appreciate it, Dave. Thank you so much. You got it, man.